Rico Zek here, St. Paul Lutheran Church in Clarence Center, New York. We're going to read John chapter 16. Thanks for joining me for New Testament at noon. Today we're going to read some words of comfort, but also some words of challenge uh, from Jesus. Good stuff. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this word, for sending us your Holy Spirit, for warning us uh, to remain in you and to receive your joy and peace uh, with open hands. So we, we open our hands now. We ask that you would fill us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, all right, so one of the scariest things in the world, Jesus mentions right here in this very first verse, something that's scarier than uh, any horror movie, uh, any war story. This is scary. It doesn't sound scary at first, but let's take a look. He says this, I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. The scariest thing in the world for you is to fall away from your faith to no longer have faith. Like even in this gospel, like in the gospel of John, we see that there's times when Jesus says stuff and then many of those who believed no longer are his disciples. Like John chapter 6, many of them went away. Um, other places, uh, he says, remain in my word and then you will be my disciples. So there's this whole idea of remaining in Jesus. That's what he's been talking about. Abide, stay, live in me. The scariest thing is to fall away from our faith. And uh, there's places where we see that... Um, that people fall away. Second Peter, I think it's chapter 2, it says that false teachers, they don't start off false, but they become false because they deny the Lord who bought them. Uh, other places, um, Paul says that um, these guys, um, they've made a shipwreck of their faith. I think that's Second Timothy chapter 1, that these, these two guys made a shipwreck of their faith. They obviously had faith, but they landed on the rocks. And so, uh, that's scary. It's scary to fall away from your faith. Now, on the other hand, we also believe that God, that Jesus keeps those in faith, that keeps us in faith. That's called uh, the perseverance of the saints. Kind of a fancy term there, but he keeps us. And that's what he's going to talk about here, keeping us. But yet, at the same time, Jesus acknowledges that we can fall away. So he says, I've said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he's offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you, that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Of course, like they're thinking... Jesus is about to leave or he's about, we get it, he's going to die. Sorrow has filled their hearts. Verse 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. And they're thinking, what? Jesus, you're going to go away? How is that good? He says, for if I do not go away, the helper, the paraclete, the comforter, the advocate, the counselor, the, counts, the, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict or convince the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. And by the way, that's even what we see in the process of this book. Uh, that... Uh, after Jesus is risen, they see the story of Jesus, the things he said, the things he did, and they see the scriptures that he fulfills, 
And it's the spirit that leads them to see that. It's like chapter 2, he says, after he was raised, they understood the scripture and so on. Uh, there's several times in this book even uh, that shows us this. The spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. A little while, and you will see me no longer. He's going to the cross. He'll be laid in a, in a, in a borrowed uh, tomb. He says, again a little while, and you will see me. Uh, think of the, the comfort of this promise to them. Like, yeah, Jesus is going away, and they remembered this, and this is, I don't know, Saturday. Uh, we call it Holy Saturday. But Jesus is laid in the tomb, and they're thinking, a little while, and you will see me again. And they're thinking, what's going to happen? You know, maybe there's this kernel of hope that they get because of the Holy Spirit working in their hearts. I don't know. Um, it's, it's interesting to think about. Verse 17, So some of his disciples said to one another, what is this that he says to us? A little while and you will not see me. And a little again, again, a little while and you will see me. And because I'm going to the Father. So they were saying, what does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he's talking about. Right? Uh, so often that's the case for us too. We don't know what the pastor is talking about. We don't know what Jesus in his word is talking about. Jesus knew, verse 19, that they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, is this what you're asking yourselves? What I meant by saying, a little while, and you will not see me, and again a little while, and you will see me. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice, right? These uh, people who have crucified me, they will think that they have done service for God. They will think that they have won, that they have uh, gotten rid of a sorcerer, a false prophet, and they have protected their nation. They have protected their place uh, in society. They think that it's all good. Um, you will be sorrowful, but, he says, but your sorrow will turn into joy. And isn't that just our Christian story, right? We have a funeral, and of course we're sorrow, but um, weeping lasts for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Uh, I believe that's Psalm 30. Uh, check it out. When a woman is, maybe it's 130, I don't know. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also, you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. And your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. And, you know, um, we think of mission, like here as Christians, we want to do missions, we want to reach out to the world. Uh, the best um, definition or description of mission, sharing the gospel with our neighbors, is this. Uh, I think it's by a guy named Nubigen, Leslie Nubigen. He says this, that mission is an explosion of joy. Mission is joy exploding. Isn't that cool? Uh, that's what Jesus says. He says um, that uh, you will see me again and no one will take your joy from you. And that's pretty much what happened in the early church and still happening. Like we have joy because Jesus is risen. He is with us and uh, he's given his Holy Spirit to live inside of us. Um, and yeah, of course we have troubles in this life, but uh, no one will take the joy uh, that we have from us. Uh, verse 23, In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. And probably at this point they're asking, Jesus, let these words 
be true. Let, let it be that we will see you again once you're taken away from us. Uh, so I'm sure that Jesus is teaching them to pray just as he's teaching us to pray. All right, verse 25. I've said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when, when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you're speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. Interesting that Jesus knows in his anguish the Father is with him. And uh, we know from the the rest of the story that uh, darkness covers the land and Jesus is alone. And yet in some mysterious way, the Father turns his face away, yet he's still with him. Uh, He he takes him through suffering on our behalf. Uh, Verse 33, I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's something that Sean Hannity says, uh, just as like an American citizen, take heart, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Uh, as Christians, we say this uh, so much more. We, we rejoice in this. We're going to have trouble in this world, but we also have Jesus' peace with us. All right, hope these words are uh, encouraging to you. Uh, Jesus saying, hold on, uh, even when things are hard. Don't fall away. Uh, hold on to your faith. Hold on to the faith that the Holy Spirit gives you in me. Uh, I am with you, and I give you my peace, my joy. This trouble will pass. All right, thanks be to God. Hope you have a great day. Talk to you all later. Bye.